good. Thank you, team. You rock, literally. <laughs> um, it is great to see you all. I feel like we've been not meeting together for about three years. It's not that long. It's like three weeks. Actually, it's kind of two weeks, really. But anyway, did you all have a great Christmas? Yes. And no one's going to say, no, it was rubbish. <laughs> I just realised I just kind of walked into that one. Anyway, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and a, and a fantastic New Year. Cannot believe we're already halfway through January or a bit longer. Okay, so I do have a message for you today, and I just want to—it's um, not going to be that long, actually. But sometimes short, sharp, and punchy is good. TED talks are great, aren't they? TED talks are awesome. We go, yeah, we can concentrate on that for that long. That's good. So, anyway, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me to share. Okay, so 2024. The year for more. Isn't that great? The year for more. So that could be anything, obviously, but we want more of God, more of his power, more of his presence. Uh, We want to step into more. And so that's what I'm phrasing this year. 2024, the year for more. You can choose to take that on if you want to. That's fine. Um, Now, I listened to a podcast recently, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And it was called... um, Decision-making... Oh, my Becca is texting me non-stop. Stop it. Um, it's called Decision-Making, Radically Realigning Ourselves to God's Purposes. And I really enjoyed it. There was two parts to it. And, um, but what it did is... I'm not going to repeat the whole podcast, but what it did was it stirred in my heart something, and I was like, why am I so stirred by this? What is it that God is sitting on for us? Uh, what is he sitting on for me? What is he sitting on for you together? And um, so I've had to ask him, why is I'm, am I so stirred about this podcast? What is in it, in it about being radically realigned with God's purposes? Um, so when I actually sat with the Lord and asked him, what is it that's stirring in me? This is what I felt came. There is a desire in me to stay the course. There is so much in this world that, is, that causes us to go, Oh, what about that? Oh, what about that? Oh, I could try that. I could have that. I could do this. I could. There's so much in our world that sends us tropo, and social media doesn't help that. Um, but there was a desire that rose up in me to stay the course and a desire to be focused on God's purposes for me. It was really, it became like this crystal clear thing of stay the course, stay with what God has for you. Not looking to this side, not looking to that side. Looking up, looking up, actually, not necessarily your head, but up. There was a desire to be obedient and surrendered to him. This is a journey I'm going on, this whole obedience and surrender. It actually, just in case you're surprised by this, it doesn't come real naturally to us as humans to be surrendered and obedient. There's something in us that wants to say, no, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> well, maybe you don't have that problem. Some of us do have that problem. Um, but a desire to be obedient and surrendered to whatever he says, wherever he wants to move me, I want to be obedient and surrendered to that. And a desire to be unapologetic about following him no matter what. It's good, isn't it? It really stirred this up in me and I was like, wow, I feel really fired up about this. (laughs) So in this new year of 2024, I mean, all of us have heard everybody say, okay, what's your news resolutions? We're not doing that. But, We are in a new year, and I believe it's a time for us to pay attention. Pay attention to what the Spirit is saying to 
me, what the Spirit is saying to you, what the Spirit is saying to us. And some of what he asks us to do may be radical. May be radical. Now, that word I know, we're going to explore that word a little bit because sometimes, thanks to a whole bunch of reasons, the word radical can create some things in us. It might create the word, uh, fear because there's some, you know, we hear about extremists and radical people that in all sorts of spheres, I'm not targeting one group, I'm just saying that there are radical people that do some crazy stuff. So some of us, it might stir up some fear about being radical. But this is the explanation of radical. Favouring fundamental or extreme change may be in the social or economic structure. So radicals are agents of change. Change is the main thing that is pushed. And if you actually think about it, when Jesus walked this planet, he was pretty radical. He was pretty radical. He did bring change. And so, but when he was doing that, he was not conforming to the way the world did it. He wasn't just radical because he was, he was like, well, the world says this, I'm going to do it this way. He did not do that. That's part of what the radical was. He did it completely other than the world. He didn't get distracted by Satan when he was tempted. He didn't let that. I mean, Satan is very subtle, right? We just go back to the beginning, right at the beginning in the garden. And I always say this because I just have to remind myself of how subtle he is. I'm not giving him any glory here, but, um, you know, in the beginning, he didn't say to Eve, well, God didn't tell you to touch, not to eat that, so go on, do it, do it. He was like, God didn't really say that, did he? It's so subtle. If he'd said it the other way around, I reckon Eve would have been like, hang on a minute, hang on. I'm not going to go against God. But because he phrased it in a way, and he did that with um, Jesus. Sure, you could turn this into bread. You've got the power and authority to do these things. He did not get distracted by Satan. He was radical. He didn't conform to what his family said or wanted. Or his disciples, when they were tussling for things and they were like, you've got to... He was, there was all sorts of things the disciple would ask him to do that he was like, I'm not doing that. He only listened to who? The Father. The Father. He only listened to the Father. That was the only voice that he let speak to him, that he brought change when the Father spoke into it. So when we hear the phrase radically realigned... Um, it can, it's important for us to actually understand that the Holy Spirit is the agent of change within us. Holy Spirit is the agent of change within us. So when we align with him, we can be agents of change to the world around us. That's kind of cool, right? That's pretty cool. I kind of like feeling like I might be an agent of change. It's like, sounds a bit, you know, like I... Bit James Bondish, maybe. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, so radical, radical. I want us to reframe that thought. It is seeing change and being part of change when God is wanting to change stuff. So, so being surrendered to the Holy Spirit to change things in us. And I have to tell you, the older I get, the more I realize that we have to continually be changed, transformed. It is an ongoing journey. 
Don't think we're ever going to quite get there till we see Jesus face to face. And that's okay. We just have to say surrendered and obedient to him. So realignment, the process of changing your ideas or policies so they are the same as those of another person or group. Isn't that a great description of alignment, realignment? The process of changing your ideas or policies so they are the same as those of another person or group. When we are following Jesus, we are wanting to become more like him, have his thoughts, his ways, speak. What was the thing I came up with last year? I can't remember it. <laughs> talk like Jesus, talk, do like, do you know, I had that thing where I was saying, we want to emanate Jesus. And so part of that is changing our thoughts, our wants to his. So let me talk, tell you a little bit of a story to just kind of touch on what alignment really kind of a practical working of alignment because you know sometimes we can throw out these big words and this is why I had to go on a bit of a journey to work out what I thought it meant to be radically realigned because it sounds a bit big but when you break it down it's really not it's just about being obedient and surrendered to what Jesus says and making sure that our head heart our soul our spirit is connected to him and we are aligned with his ways. That's really what it's about. So anyway, let me tell you a story about alignment. So Dave and I we just went camping for a few days. We went out in the middle of nowhere. There was literally no one there. Oh, I was going to tell another story, but I won't. But anyway, it's fine. Um, anyway, we took my blow-up kayak. Now, don't laugh. Serious kayakers would be like a blow-up kayak, really. But it actually is very cool, I'd just like to say. But anyway, we took it, and Dave goes, let's go put it in the river. And I was like, okay, so we go and we're paddling upstream and then we get to this little bit. Now, for those of you who know me well, <laughs> know that sometimes if something looks like it's a bit difficult, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about that. So we were paddling up beautiful. It was nice and calm and, you know, we're, in, we're gliding together and it's lovely. And then we hit this bit where the current is, becomes quite narrow and quite powerful. So... Um, Dave's like, okay, we're going to go up through here. And Dave was, Dave was in the front and I'm in the back. So I'm like, okay, good. That's good. He's leading the way. So we get up to this thing and I start freaking out. I'm like, I can't do this. So what did I do? Stop paddling. I just stopped. I just stopped paddling. I sat in the back and I was thinking, he can do it himself. He's right. He's got this. So after about 30 seconds, he goes, what are you doing? Did you stop paddling? And I was like, yes, I did. I didn't know why other than I actually, uh, on reflection, I didn't know at the time, but on reflection, I'm like, I feel ill-equipped and I feel a bit overwhelmed by this. And so I just stopped. Dumbest thing to do, really. Just as well we weren't like water rafting or anything because I would have been in real trouble. But anyway, so Dave was working hard on his own to try and get us up this current and I just sit in the back, stopped. And when he turned around and said, why have you stopped paddling? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, you need to paddle. Soon as I started paddling, we moved through it easily. But also, we were aligned. The boat was aligned. The kayak was aligned in the place we were supposed to be going. If we had been slightly this way, the kayak would have been flung around and we would have ended up back down the stream. So anyway, I, I, did, I did push through. <laughs> but... If we weren't aligned in firstly our positioning of being in the kayak and heading the way we were going 
um, we wouldn't have made it through that strong current anyway, right? We wouldn't have actually been in the right course. So we had to be positioned. And there's this little fin on the boat, which um, the first time we went kayaking, when I first got it, we didn't put the fin on because we thought we knew what we were doing. We were like, oh, we don't need that. Well, let me just tell you, if you don't put the fin on, you just go round in circles. <laughs> it was not impressive. That was the first time. That was a couple of years ago. But anyway, this time we had the fin on. But the fin also helps keep the boat aligned. It helps keep, nav help you navigate where you're going. So I wanted to tell you this because this is like a picture of um, about being aligned. It's a practical picture of how it looks. So in this analogy... The positioning and the direction of the kayak was important. Where we positioned, the where we had the boat, was important for the um, direction. We needed to work together to actually get into position and get where we were going, right? We had to do it together. And the fin helped us keep us aligned. So in life, okay, for you that don't necessarily kayak, actually, who does kayak here? A few. Oh, that's good. Okay, good job. For those of you that don't kayak, the imagery <laughs> is going to speak into our life, right? So in life, we need to position ourselves in God's will. Okay, we need to position ourselves in God's will and his purpose. If we are going to follow Jesus, that is what we need to do. We need to stay the course and we need to be in alignment with him. See, I gave up. We were, in, we were actually doing okay until I stopped paddling. <laughs> so I gave up. I took myself out. And it affected Dave and it affected where we were going. So we need to stay the course and be in alignment with him and we need to not give up. We need to not feel insecure or ill-equipped for what the purpose God has given us to do. Now I realise I'm saying that like, uh, I don't want to sound like a school teacher. I realize I'm saying we need to not give up. But I really want to encourage you. There are some times where God asks us to do something and he has a purpose and a, and a direction for us and we take ourselves out. We stop paddling and we're like, I can't do that. I'm not equipped for that. And we don't even give him an opportunity to be in the front of the boat going, come on, yes, we can do this together. So I want to encourage you to not feel ill-equipped or to take yourself out of God's purpose because you feel like you don't have what it takes. Because if he has a purpose for you, he will equip you. He will release you. He will give you everything you need to do it. Isn't that great news? So you're not in the boat on your own. How good is that? We need to know that God is with us in everything. And the, and the fin is like the Holy Spirit who prompts us and guides us and leads us and speaks into those things. He is the one that will be in this journey with us. So we're not on our own. God is with us. When he says, I have purposes for you, he is with us. He's already carving it out. Now, it may cost us something. I don't want to paint it like a nice little happy picture. It may cost us something. You look at the disciples that followed Jesus. It cost them something. Some of them were crucified. Peter was crucified upside down, right? I mean, that's not a nice way to die. It will cost us something to follow Jesus. But it has cost him so much to save us. 
It has cost him so much to give us life to the full and forever with the Father. So whatever cost it is that it costs us to follow him, it's nothing compared to with what, what he's given us. It may be challenging at times, like me kayaking. <laughs> I learned some things in that kayaking trip. Um, so it may be challenging at times, but that doesn't mean it's not God's purpose. We have to also recognize that. Sometimes if we are still in, in the purpose of God and we are in the will of God, there may be challenging moments. It doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. It just might mean you need to actually push a little bit harder. But the joy in being aligned with the things that God has purposed for you far outweighs all that. The joy in being in the will and purposes of God far outweighs everything else. It's a good thing. You two need to hear that. <laughs> you two need to hear that. You have a great journey ahead of you and there may have to be some extra paddling. <laughs> but God has got it. He's calling you and you know that and that's cool. So I believe there are some things we can do to stay aligned, okay, that can keep us aligned with God because to know his purposes, we have to know him. And so I've just got five things I want to share with you. Is this okay, by the way? Am I making sense? I'm just checking. Okay, that's good. It's good. Sometimes it's good to have feedback just to make sure that everyone's sitting there thinking, what is she talking about? Okay, so the first one is real obvious, but I'm going to state it because it's like the only thing. Stay close to God. Stay close to him. I just spent um, a year in my study doing a spiritual formation subject, and it has been mind-blowing and um, heart-rewiring. It's been very good for me. And I actually think everyone should um, not necessarily do study in it, but actually go through spiritual formations material because it's actually very, um, it just helps you to understand how our relationship with God and who we are and how we connect with him. All those things come out. So um, discovering some uh, ways to connect with God that are different to maybe what I've learnt. Some of us, I don't know if any of you have found this, but um, I may have shared this before, but sometimes I look at the way Dave connects with God and I think, well, I find that really hard to do what he does. And all this time, for many years I've thought, I can't do that, so I mustn't be as spiritual as him. And now I've discovered that actually it's just because I'm wired differently that I connect with God in different ways, and that's actually okay. So, you know, solitude is not something I find easy. Being an extrovert, I'm like, I would like to be around every party that's going on. I don't want to miss out on anything. But, but God is teaching me, you need some solitude and time with just sitting with me. And I've had to actually learn some of that. And it's been powerful and beautiful. So staying close to God, when I say that, there's lots of pathways to finding out what that looks like. And we need to be creative in exploring what it, what it looks like to stay close to him. Number two, we need to learn and know his ways. So scripture is the best way to learn this. The scripture is full. The Bible is full of promises and his character and his nature. And we need to know those things. We need to know who he is so that we can actually learn his ways and know his ways. 
I'm going to read you some scriptures. Sorry, Karen, I'm going to throw you in here. But um, So we've got Psalm 16. So these are some scriptures that just tell you who he is. Psalm 16:11. I might have to read them off there, actually. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You make known to me the path of life. He is the one, when we are not sure where we're going or what's in front of us, he is the one that can show us the path of life. How good is that? That's great. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Isaiah fifty-eight eleven. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, very appropriate for today, <laughs> and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. How good is that? He will satisfy your needs with all those things. That's who he is. So good. Um, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. He knows us and he wants us to know him. Uh, 1 John two seventeen. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's a great scripture. Whoever does the will of God. This is what we want to find out, who, what the will of God is. Um, Romans 8.14 For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. How good. This is all, this is all scripture for us to know. This is the God we serve and he is interested in the everyday. He's interested in how we walk out this year. He's interested in the decisions we make, but he's also walking that out with us and helping us by his spirit. How good is that? We are not doing it on our own. We are not in the boat on our own. Okay, number three, listen to his voice. I've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but there is no shortcut to this. There is no shortcut to listening to his voice, what he is whispering to you, what he is saying to you, what he is asking of you. Some of you in this room, he might ask you to do something really, really left of center that you are not expecting. And some of you, he might say, keep on what you're doing. I'm not going to give you a new instruction. Just keep doing what the last thing I told you to do was. But if we don't listen to his voice, we are not going to know. I always think about the story of Abraham when he's got Isaac. Well, it's Abraham. He's got Isaac and God says, okay, I actually want you to take your son, grab a knife, off you go. Now, if he was not listening, that story, that story would have been a different thing. But he was tuned in to God's voice and he knew that God was speaking. Stop. Don't do it. Have a new way. I'm showing you something here, he says. So we need to listen to his voice, even if it's something that does not make sense to us. My sheep hear my voice and I, follow, I know them and they follow me. We need to make space to hear his voice. Sit with him and listen. And I'm still learning this. I'd just like to say, as I'm sharing this with you, I am still learning this. Number four, we need to walk it out. We need to be committed to the process of walking life out with Jesus, counting the cost, laying down ourselves. Who finds that easy? Come on, be honest. Who finds that easy? Laying down yourself, your own wants and wills. I don't think any of us do. Um, being obedient to him only. 
aligning to his will and his purpose above our own wants and needs and desires. Well, not needs, our own wants and desires. That's a really tough one. That's a really tough one. I just want to say from the front, that's not something I am spouting out to you easily. There are things I would go, I would love that, but I know God is not letting me go that way. So we have to actually, it's that whole thing of surrender and obedience. And if we fully trust him, it comes back to fully trusting him. If we fully trust him, then we will lay that stuff down and say, whatever you want, I'll do. That's what being a disciple looks like. Number five, stay in the community of believers. Now we all know, if you've been in the church longer than a couple of weeks, we all know that churches are not perfect. We all know that leaders are not perfect. We all know that people are not perfect. However, to stay in the community of believers is vital to doing this journey. Even though I used the analogy of the kayak with Dave being in the front of me in the back and I was saying that it's like, you know, we're doing this journey with God. We actually do need each other. If I stop paddling in this role, I need some of you to be like, hey, pick up your paddle, keep going. We can't do this. And you need the same. We all need it. We actually need each other. So we need to stay in the community of believers because we are growing in humility and grace together. Do you know you can't actually grow really in humility and grace outside of being in community? <laughs> it doesn't really work if you're in a room on your own to, to practice that. So we need each other to even learn to grow in those things. And we want to become more like Jesus every day. So let me ask you a question. Do you trust... Hello, Jesse. <laughs> Cute pants and shoes. Love that colour. Um, so, sorry, the question. Do I trust that God's will and purpose for me is good? And do you trust that God's purpose and will for you is good? Scripture tells us this. Let's read Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. You would know this probably with your eyes closed. You wouldn't have to even read it, but we will have it up there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How good is that? Now, I want to read it to you in the TPT version, which is not up there. So I want you to listen because it's just a little bit broader and it actually I feel like our hearts will connect with this. It's still scripture. It's just paraphrased slightly differently. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? It's such a, it's a passage because we know it so well in the NIV 
we can just rattle it off without actually thinking about what it means to really fully trust God with everything, to really align ourselves with him, to want the things that he wants and to adore him and trust him with everything that is in front of us. So let's choose for 2024, the year of more, <laughs> a year that we are reminded to stay radically aligned to God's purposes for us. And I want to pray over, I want to pray over us as I wrap up. I want to pray over us that we will be people who will listen, who will pay attention to him, who will understand that he has purposes for every single one of you. Every single one of you. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. Every single one of you, God has purposes for you. And he wants you to walk in those things because they are, they're what he's carved out for you. I can't do what you do. He's carved them out for you. And so this year, I mean every year, we want to worship him. Okay, We are called to love God and love people. That doesn't change, right? That's the Great Commission. So we're not changing that. But there are other things that God has for you to do and for me to do that we actually need to listen. He's carved them out for us. And if we don't do them... When we miss out, and maybe somebody else misses out too because we're not stepping in. But he has purposes for you because he loves you and he created you and he desires to be in partnership with you. He desires to be aligned with you, two aligning together. And so I want to pray for us that this year we will be ready to agree to the more, that we will surrender to him, we will be obedient to him and we will say whatever it takes. We'll do it. So God, I thank you. I thank you that you are, you are a God who loves, who has purposes for us. We want to walk in your will. We want to be more like Jesus every day. And we want to be people who will say, whatever it takes, I will lay down my own stuff and I will pick up what you have. Lord, I ask for courage for every single person here. Courage to step into whatever you have for them whatever purposes, whatever dreams, whatever you will in your heart for them, I ask that you give them courage to step into that. I ask that you'll make it clear that they will create space to hear your voice speaking to them. Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, may no one feel they are discounted from this because you love every single person here and you know them intimately. And so I ask, Lord, this be a year of more, more of your presence, more of your power, more, of, more understanding, more willingness to pick up what you have for them. And I pray blessing over each family represented here. Lord, as there are people here with families that aren't here, I ask that you will take this blessing. They will take this blessing back with them. And I ask, Lord, that 2024 will be a year of more and that we will see... Um, our hearts changed and moved to become more like Jesus and that we will do whatever it takes to honour you, to serve you, to worship you, to do your will, laying down our own agendas and picking up yours. And I thank you, God. We want to be people who are radically aligned with you to your will and purposes for you, the sake of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Amen. Amen. I am looking forward to 2024. Are you? Good. Well, you know what? We are, we are, Dave is going to be preaching on Hebrews 10 next week, which is all about 
stirring each other up because that's the other thing is we are actually the body together. We are the body together and I want you guys to stir me up and I want to stir you up about what he's got for us. So um, let's do that. Let's encourage each other. Let's be, um, are we going to worship some more? We're gonna, well, all of it's worship, but we're going to sing some more. But at the end, hang around, encourage someone. Just go for it. Just tell someone what you love about them. Tell somebody what God, how good God is, what he's done for you. Let's actually be the body together and let's um, continue to do that during the week too. Bless you. Let's worship some more, hey?